0: you did in to
1: the indie LA experience Marcus you and I have talked about this a, a few times on the podcast we've kind of touched on this topic you know uh, a lot of what we do like we know that we haven't gotten here on our own you know there's right. people who've been a part of our journeys you know in one way or another who are who are some of the the teachers or or mentors that have really uh, impacted you in your career
0: I had a lot of teachers in elementary school, actually. I know that my elementary music teacher, Mrs. Wynn, and in middle school, you know, my band director, Mr. Foot, super strict, but, you know, that discipline definitely helped me and, like, like, pushed me. My high school band directors, Mr. Ross and Dr. Sawyer, incredible educators and just good guys, people that I, like, looked up to who, you know... I mean, around that time in high school is when I decided to, like, make the the career in music. So okay. they had quite a bit of impact on me and um, direction in my life. And then one of my favorite teachers, you know, when I got to university, obviously, shout out to, to Trent Keniston, who... You know, gave me a chance and like saw something in me because I'm not sure I, I quite deserve to be in the in the saxophone uh, ensemble um, in school. But, uh, you know, he gave me a shot and
1: kind of gave you the confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in university, um, you know, Andrew Rathman, he took over like halfway through my um, my, my time at Western saxophone instructor Incredible lessons. He had that that what if factor that kind of just like had me questioning like my approach to music and my approach to writing. Scott Cowan, probably most impactful. Just his demeanor, his, his humor, his, you know, he had a way of being like really serious with you on things. Okay. And then um, just, like, being, like, light, too. Like, yeah, sure it's not, like the, it's kind not of that like serious. Being your, like, best friend another moment. laughing, Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and so, and, and there was, like, that, you better play the right notes. Like, you know, <laughs> jazz music, it's not just, like, whatever you want it to be. Like, you got to know the language. But then he was also just such, like, a funny guy and, like, fun to be around. So, tons of educators and a lot of influence, like, all through my life. I feel, like, very fortunate.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds like a big list. Yeah. You know, right off the bat and, you know. You take little things from everybody and, uh, Absolutely. you know, it, it, it takes a village, as they say. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh,
1: I, I would say the biggest one for me um, would have to go shout out to uh, Jan Allmark, Mr. Allmark, uh, who is one of my, um, my skating coaches for the largest part of my career, uh, had a huge influence on me, um, not only as a, a mentor, as a coach, um, but also as a, a father figure and, you know, kind of who I am, I think, today as a person. And, you know how to conduct yourself professionally and in in life in general um yeah he had a huge impact on me i, I you know i was i always had kind of a, a drive and a motivation but i was also a very like reserved kid um and obviously this was i'm as a figure skater it's a performing it's kind of an outgoing sport uh and he really kind of he was kind of the only one who kind of helped me come out of my shell in a way that made sense to me and for what i needed to do and uh yeah i'm forever grateful to him for that
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, our next guest takes building a community and having an impact on his students very seriously.
2: I realized that music for me was more than a hobby, was more than something for fun. It was a part of me and like from me, it was a way that I could witness myself outside of myself. All right. With us today
1: in the studio, we have music artist, producer, singer, songwriter, instrumentalist. He's well immersed in the LGBTQ community. Jay long
2: welcome to the podcast What's up? thanks for having me you guys I'm really excited to be here yeah thanks for coming
0: yeah we want to get right into it how did uh, music inspire you at a young age how did you make
2: that your career yes so I have a funny story I was thinking about this driving over here I was like I know this is gonna be one of the moments it has to be Mm -hmm. so I have a really funny story with like a name drop in it Um, I I was hanging out with some friends and Darren Chris the artist who's on Glee who's a performer and actor American actor was like sitting next to him and chatting at this party. I was like, whoa, man, I kind of know you. Like, I've seen you on my TV. And I was like, how did you get involved in music? I asked him this question. Yeah. And, and his answer is my answer. I was like, are we the same person? He was like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to play the violin, which was true. When I was four, I told my parents, like, I want to do that. Wow. They're like, "Okay, you'll do it for a week and you'll quit." And surprise, here I am, 32, teaching kids violin now. So, ha, jokes <laughs> on you. But but Darren Chris was sitting there and he was like, "Yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to play the violin, and then playing the violin got me involved in like playing in in like orchestra pits or like musical theater, and then seeing that happen on stage, I was like, "Wow, I really want to sing as well." And then I got involved in doing that, and then I started being like an artist, and I was like, "This is literally the exact same story I have." Yeah, <laughs> and wow. Did that Saw musical theater was like, this is really cool. Found a voice that I could sing like late in life in high school, started doing like vocal jazz and choir and stuff like this. And I was like, I really love this. I really connect with this. And then started writing music and went to college for music. Yeah. Yeah
0: awesome so violin that's where it all started for you
1: yep i feel like every every person i know who played the violin was it was like a mandatory <laughs> instrument they learned yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a voluntary thing oh. or somebody who they wanted to play the
0: violin. oh yeah. All, all, yeah all the all the kids i know like uh oh like my parents are making me but that's <laughs> Man, so interesting like,
2: that i have were... to do violin on the weekends yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were drawn to it that's cool yeah, yeah. and I, I always tell kids this because every time i say i teach violin they're like oh i used to play oh i used to play it's the same thing mm. and i use that with my kids now i'm like Every single person I meet says, I'm so sad I quit. No one has ever Mm -hmm. said to me, I'm so glad I quit playing that instrument in elementary. Mm. So I'm like, so keep playing. Don't stop. Be on the other side of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be happy that you did that. And you said you got into
0: um, some vocal jazz music. Like, what inspired you there?
2: Yeah, so in high school, I always wanted to do, like, the musical theater. But I was also, like, on the swim team. I was captain of my swim team. And it was, like, that was conflicted. So I was like, all right, I want to sing. I want to read music. Uh, we had a vocal jazz group that was like pretty good and they would like go out and like do a lot of gigs and I auditioned and our choral director was like, where have you been? Like, you can just sing like this. Like, where have you been? I was like, I I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know. So I like hopped into that in, in high school late and it was, it's just awesome. Like vocal jazz is just such tight chords. It's like eight people singing and each person has their own individual part. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have a lot of support from others. So it's like this almost like community responsibility of like, I got to be there for all these other people. Like we got to be locked in. Yeah, Yeah. So it was just like, it was really exciting the pace of it for me. And I was like, and the chords are crunchy as hell and like really strange. So I was like, this is cool. Yeah. And that like led me into choir, led me into doing vocal stuff in college. So. That was really dope.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I can relate to, that. I played the saxophone, so I played in an orchestra and you've got like five saxophonists, but then you're playing like behind, like the, in front of the, the brass players too. And so like, you might have a part similar to like one of the other horn players, but like it's, it's on you. Like you have that responsibility to like be a part of that, like bigger picture. Makes That's you really a better co- musician for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's
2: a great responsibility. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's get into um like your, your music today and how you have built a community.
2: Yeah, man. I went through this phase in my life in high school where I stopped doing music cuz I was like, I don't know, I've just always been doing this. Do I really love it or is it just so comfortable? And like stopped. I was like, I'm gonna be an architect. They make a buttload of money. That'll be great. Like started doing that. Stopped doing music and I was like, why does my heart hurt? Oh. <laughs> like, like what is happening here? Like I don't feel good. Mm. And like in that moment of like absence of of daily practice, like having orchestra every week, having musical theater and like rehearsals all the time I realized that like music for me was more than a hobby was more than something for fun it was like it was a part of you yes Mm -hmm. and and like a part of me and from me it was a way that I could witness myself outside of myself and like Mm. this led me to write to make things because I was like oh if that's how I feel about doing other people's music what would it be like to hear myself and my own thoughts back like writing things down that feel bigger than me that I don't understand putting them in a piece of music whether they be silly and trivial or like deep and verbose putting them there and then listening back to them and then listening back to it years later I'm like who is that who is that person Mm -hmm. I don't I know them I am them but who is that person so being an artist and writing my own stuff became this like therapy therapy is not the right word because like get real therapy you know what i mean right but (laughs) But therapeutic yes yes very therapeutic and like it allowed me to connect to the world in a deeper way that i realized i was lacking when i was younger like really connecting to what i am experiencing in the world and why i am the way i am why i feel the way i feel making music allowed me to like see that and respond back to it and you know now now i'm also trying to like market and capitalize on these things. So there's like all of that, like depth covered in like sparkly fun pop, (laughs) you know, like silly attitudes and like glitz and glam. So, yeah.
0: Well, what was it like your first experience? Um, like hearing yourself back, like you said, like, you know, producing your own thing and like the creation process, um, became like part of your musicality, but did you hit the ground running when you first
2: like heard yourself or, you know, was it a process? Definitely a process like before Spotify, we're talking like just post LimeWire, like yeah, well, iTunes yeah. was the thing. Yeah. Um, I like got some music production gear and I was like, I could probably do this. I think I can do this. Like, I play instruments. I understand music. Started doing it. And like, I thought it was dope. I thought it was great. Put it all on this website called Reverb Nation, which was like—I've heard of that. I know, i Yeah, it was like an artist community social place for people to share their music. They have their own charts. They have all this stuff. So it was really mm. great to like hop on there and, and participate. I felt like a, like a like an up and coming pop star, and then like went to college and started like being surrounded by more artists and people from different places, and like and was like, okay, my my music is just okay. <laughs> I was like hmm, maybe I don't know what I'm doing as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And and like just beginning of college, we're talking like 2009, 2010, I started like finishing songs and putting it up there and seeing people's response. And that really like just immediately, I, like I was bitten, I was excited. I like these little charts on Reverb Nation. Like I was like having a couple things on there. was like networking with people. I was like, is this what it's like to be a real artist? Like, this is so exciting. How important was that like support system? It was really interesting. It was very tough at first because being in I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, going to Xavier University. And I was there for violin, doing lots of classical music. Hmm. But I grew up in Chicago and I love Chicago hip hop. Hmm. I love like I grew up listening to Kanye and, and like Tribe Called Quest and like Soul and like Lauren Hill and and Jill Scott and all these all these like very soulful artists who are like talking about a community talking about an experience talking about life and then i went to like cincinnati ohio which was like wonderful but like very it was a jesuit school everyone went to church every sunday mm-hmm. like the gigs that i got were playing in the church i was like i was like where is the hip-hop yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and it's it's there too just where i was was a pocket of of this i was in a jesuit community and um being there i didn't have that much mm-hmm. not everyone there was going to be an artist it wasn't a school for musicians to create themselves as artists it was a school for music as as collegiate right to study music on paper and composers and classical which is amazing and great but wasn't what I wanted to do so having Reverb Nation and like trying to network like completely outside of my network just like reach anyone who was willing to be like yeah dude let's let's collab in the studio like it was so important and very scary like I didn't do a lot of it I was so scared I didn't want to share my stuff I was afraid of how bad it was yeah because <laughs> you know, like, it was kind of
1: bad it was also such a kind of a new idea even or concept of you know sharing in that way yes like you said you kind of came from the limeware generation oh yeah myself included I know Robert, oh yeah, yeah yep. like, I was talking about thousands that before yeah yeah <laughs> And and things have changed so much, uh, you know, in recent years. And you know, there's so it's so easy to like, you know, if you if you want to produce something, put something out, you can, you know, just submit it, you know, get it out there on Spotify and all the different platforms. Do you feel like maybe like it was harder to like jump into it when you at that age, like when you when you first started out, compared to now? Like, does it feel more accessible oh, to you? Oh yeah,
2: the yeah. the ability to jump in and have a professional look and sound now is. I don't want to say easy, but it is so much easier than it was then. Like I, I had no idea how to put my music anywhere Mm -hmm. at that point in time, but reverb, like I was online searching, like where to put music when you make it, like literally Googling these things and like found reverb nation. Yeah. Because of this, like it never even crossed my mind that I could be an independent artist and put things for money online. Right. You know, whether it be incredibly professional and perfectly mastered or amateurish and and just you like you can do that now mm-hmm. you just go to like distro kids cd baby like one of these tune core one of these places and just upload it and
1: and, and they're also like it. uh widely accepted and trusted now too you yes know, it's, it's not like a new thing you're like oh maybe i'll try it and see how it goes like, yes
2: you you kind of know what it is now yeah and yeah. and even back then i wasn't ever thinking about like i didn't start and think like i'm gonna be an artist and market myself i started because it was therapeutic and i was like why do i have so many thoughts and feelings They are too many how do i get them out of me and put them somewhere else and music just was that through doing this and like making those tunes and and going back and listening to them i was like wait wait wait, i'm an artist (laughs) it's like oops why didn't i realize this a little earlier and like maybe just take that route in life instead of all these other things so that was really cool to to understand later in well let's talk about your um your organization uh queer moment Yes, yeah. I would love to. Okay, so one of the questions I was imagining you were going to ask me earlier is like how did the, how did you in LA with music blah 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 like how did you find a community here? And yeah, we want to know all that. Right, and <laughs> yeah. And and this is like so related like how Queer Moment came to be. So I joined the gay men's chorus of Los Angeles when I first moved to LA. Okay. I was like on the dating apps on like Grindr being like who's around me and gay? I don't know anyone in the city. And I and I met a friend Adam, shout out to Adam who's my neighbor. Who is doing like stage production for gmcla Gay Men's course and he was like you should join it's a wonderful community i did and it is it was so much fun every monday i'm singing again i feel like i was back in high school and college having like a community of fellowship of people to do music with mm-hmm. and then i i stopped doing it because it was a lot of time that i just didn't have sure. just broke and just moved here and was like i gotta everything i need to do needs to be for money now so sorry yeah like, yeah, yeah that was the vibe but I met uh, one of my good friends, Miles Powers, who is my business partner in Queer Moment. And he and I just, and, and Mar- our other friend, Joseph Who, who's a fabulous drag queen, Beijing. The three of us kind of got together and we're like, you guys, the queer nightlife scene here is so profound. It's so deep. People are doing things that Beyonce is emulating on stage now mm-hmm. because of the events and the culture that exists in places like like." This, Mm -hmm. this queer nightlife underground, you know, musicality, drag queens, fabulous looks, artists, musicians, vendors, performers, like so, so deep. But it's just so. messy like it, you can't corral anything Every, everything's happening everywhere all at once mm-hmm. that was not a plug but it's, it's, <laughs> that's a great movie yeah yeah i love that movie <laughs> yeah and, but and, there's like a chaos to it yes and and that's yeah. part of it like it, like you guys are doing this you're you're artists as well like there's got to be a little bit of chaos inside of things to give freedom to artists to be artists sure, sure. but not too much and so we realized um in sitting we're like wait 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 I do music you do business you do drag like we could maybe help a lot of these events a lot of parties a lot of um performances and productions just need like a small group of people to come in and be like you need an extra hand i got you Mm -hmm. who canceled last minute we got five more of those people we can bring one i got you like you don't have the budget for this well let us just come and and hang out like you know give me a couple free drinks i got you and like community for community is just so deeply profound and important and we started this organization and now we're uh, we're doing that like we're helping with a lot of underground parties we're like doing events of our own and like just in just in the music aspect I wanted to do this because when I first moved out here I started a band I started playing all the all the venues I could right I went to the mint the federal in North Hollywood to mm-hmm. a bunch of different places around in like Silver Lake and downtown and all this And so many of those places were pay to play models Mm -hmm. where if I want to play the show,
1: you have to put up the money, you know, sell the tickets.
2: Right. And I'm like, but who, who is, is taking that, this guy, who are you? Mm -hmm. Like you put, did you put all this together or are all the artists friends? Who's going to be there? Like, did you cultivate this? Or is it just whoever came to you first and you need to put somebody on the stage? That's not cultivated to me. That is just like, whatever. I don't care. Please give me money. And and I just it gave me the ick. You know, I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. If I'm putting on a show, I want everyone there to enjoy not just me, but the person before me and the person after me and everybody to stay and have a good time. And if you pay twenty dollars to be entertained
1: You should be entertained for the evening, not just you
2: know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and twenty dollars and then and then twenty dollars for a drink drink. and then you know Mm -hmm. uh, so pay for parking. Right, right. (laughs) And in the 90s, $150, it's like, Jesus, that's a, a ticket over, you know, at, at the Palladium. like, mm-hmm, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. And maybe two hours in traffic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, I linked up with my friend because I was like, I think we could do this as well. Like, I watched all these middlemen do not much. And sorry, if if you're one of those people, like, keep hustling and do your thing. I'm not trying to, like, rain on your parade. But, you know, it's like there was a lack of cultivation, a lack of, like, through line in for me, the discovery was that I, my queerness has brought so much community. Like, just shouting that out into the universe has brought so many people back to me who are like, "Hey, me too!" And also, I had the exact same life experience. And also, I am an artist and do art because the world is very scary and overwhelming. And also, do you have a slot for me in that show that you're doing? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, I guess I do now. So, long story longer. It's it's just like. <laughs> community needing community and it's like we found a spot a hole that needed to be filled and we're just doing our best to do that honestly and together so queer moment yeah
1: that's awesome and i think i think giving your time and you know energy to organize that kind of thing it comes back to you in space oh deeply because everyone appreciates you know yes in the long run you know having somebody to organize and put those things
2: together yes and and it's super helpful when it does come from a passion yeah because and I'm and I'm sure like you guys. Yeah, when it's authentic. Yes, mm-hmm. like you're in season two of of indie right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like you know you're you're in those. I mean, what I can only assume beginning stages as well. It's yeah. exciting. Everything is so fun. It's just connecting and meeting people and passion, right? And and I always get nervous as as things in general as as you guys take off as things take off. You know, money has to be involved more, and then a lot of the sure. times that starts to impede upon those, those passions and, and things. So being careful and having people to come back in like us queer moment and be like, wait, 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 we know you need a lot of things. We know you don't have all this money. Let's keep the passion, the community forward. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you can relate with us. Yeah. This, is, I mean, this is
1: absolutely a passion project for us too. And a, a big part of it is just creating that sense of community, you know, sa- same as what you're doing. And, you know, I, I've heard some people even coming on like, like, Oh, like, it, they, we got offered to do this podcast, but they want like, you know, 250 uh, to come on the podcast.
2: and I'm like, what? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> that's yes. It, that's not what it's about, you know. And I think it's kind of serendipitous that here we are sitting on the couch together. Because s- same, that's, that's like partly why we started this organization. Because it's like if artists and artistic entrepreneurs, I'll say it in that way, are the easiest people to take advantage of. Because we have so much passion. Sure. We we are happy to be like, oh, for twenty bucks, you'll you'll put my picture up there. I mean, I okay, mm-hmm. you know, and like people will very quickly,
1: not yeah, latch onto that and make, take advantage of it.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm grateful that that you guys are are doing this and and highlighting independent artists and, and people because that to me is community first. Yeah, yeah, and like
1: like we're artists ourselves, like like you, you know, exactly. Yeah, it all comes around.
2: Amen. Yeah. You mentioned um.
0: When you came out here, you got into the music scene, but quickly realized that you had to lean into things that started, like, making more money, right? Yeah. And I hit that wall, too. Coming out here, within, like, a month, I needed, like, a job fast. Right. And so I got, like, a retail position. I was like, yo, rent is a lot. I had... Uh, thousand dollars when i came out
2: here in a dream like that's it and it ran out so quickly oh yeah i was three thousand and i was a month and a half so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. one party ticket later
0: (laughs) yep yeah so
2: my question for you is when
0: you came out here and you realized that you had to like like keep the money flowing how do you make those um those decisions and and choose those pathways that serve your overall like
2: goal that is such a good question because like a realistically I don't know (laughs) right this the biggest response the most honest response is like I'm still dealing with I think I will always it's always a
1: a battle you know
2: yeah until until like I get that one placement in a Marvel movie with my song and I get you know sixty thousand dollar check for the one song like until that moment it's always going to be that that juggling routine but I'm I'm very blessed and I've tried very hard in my life to create I think I think the right term would be like dogma right where where your passions and your interests and your everything collides yes mm. and so i i teach music i'm a music educator because well what i was saying earlier like i know that if it isn't in my life i will like panic i will feel anxious i'll be like why don't i feel good it's because i'm not vibrating with the universe making music you know and so i started teaching And that has been like so many different. It's looked so many different ways. It's been like private lessons. I've taught guitar, piano, drums, violin, viola, cello, bass, voice, acting like in private lessons, in studios, in schools. I've taught in 10 different schools. I've taught over like thousands of children how to play instruments. I get comments on my YouTube channels and stuff. They're like, hey, Mr. Long, I was your student. And I'm like, don't don't tell your personal stuff like get off my channel like you, go away like go back to school do your homework like, but but i think like if you ever get so lucky in life to kind of have a little bit of what you love inside of what f- fills your wallet you know like to pursue that because i'm finding that like being a music teacher i'm practicing piano every day I was not a pianist four years ago i can hang now i can play because I'm playing every single day, warming up my students. I'm stretching with my kids every day. I'm doing all those rudimentary exercises, warming up my voice every single day. I'm rediscovering the basics of music with my elementary kids every day. And Stuff it,
1: that you would normally kind of take for granted, you know?
2: Yes, that I would never even think about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I did that already in elementary school, but I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like see what uh, what's giving back and then pour into it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that we live in a time in which like everybody's money hungry because everyone is money deprived. You know, except for the 1%. Shout out 1%, buy me a house. Um, <laughs> you know, but like so everyone feels like the things that you're doing in life need to get you to the place of money money money. And it's easy to forget that that is only because we want to sustain, right? Like we want to keep doing the thing. So it's like if you can do the thing And do something that you don't hate every day. (laughs) Like if you can find a day job that is fun and easy. If you don't hit that dogma like I'm talking about. If you can find a dope restaurant on your block that you can bartend at. And the staff is amazing. And you make enough money to rent your place. And drive to where you need to go. And have a party on the weekends. Then like you are successful. Like you are successful. Not all art and creation has to lead to money bags. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: I think dogma is such a great word that you use to describe it, but uh, I think, in, I think, in general, I think artists we're actually kind of lucky in that sense, because we are so passionate about what we do, that we're almost we're willing to risk it. Yeah, you know, without the money. Whereas you know, someone who goes to school maybe to be an architect, like you said, or you know, to be a doctor, like you know, they get out of school they're like I need a job, like <laughs> I need right. to get paid. You know, we're, we're kind of willing to put ourselves out there and, you know, risk it in the long run to try and, you know, create that success for something that we love to do.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And and we were touching on this earlier, too. I like I get really nervous and frustrated for the future of artists because it's so easy to take advantage of us. And this is what I was saying earlier. And again, why me and my friends tried to create this organization queer moment. You know, it's especially in a marginalized group of people, LGBTQ community uh, who are already being taken advantage of or or, you know. Underappreciated, uh ostracized. It's like I don't want one more middleman coming in, middle person coming in and saying, You can do this if you pay me, if you give me something. It's like, well, actually, you don't need that person there. And if you mm-hmm. if you can avoid saying, Okay, but I really need the content, I really need the um, exposure, I really need to start doing this. I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. If you avoid that and look for the community that's saying oh we we want you here oh we saw we saw what you had and yes just what do you mean no you don't have to pay us just get on this stage like mm-hmm. we're actually going to pay you we have a little budget for this it's not much but like here's money in your pocket you don't have to take any risks Yeah, like th- those people exist
1: or, or you're like trading services like oh you do this great come do this uh, you know we do we do video we'll come you know yeah no, it's more of a collaboration in that sense
2: yes mm-hmm. shout out to uh when i first moved to la i had no money and i had a friend safira who was um personal training me for voice lessons <laughs> okay. Like, okay. we back in the in in the 1800s baby we trade in services just goods <laughs> yeah. and trades you know like artists exist in that way too and it's like i guess this is a bit of like two young artists like be careful of how hungry you are be careful of sacrificing your yourself and be careful of undoing your own boundaries for the sake of possibilities. Yes. Do some of those things. We all need to can in advance, right? You will get taken advantage of, but be careful of who you allow to do it because you allow people to do it. That's good advice. Thanks. Well, <laughs> kind, of, kind of jumping back. I mean, you, you mentioned
1: about like, you know, students maybe commenting on your your personal work and things like that. Yes. I want to kind of get into your, a little bit, the teaching, Aspect of what you do and and how you kind of balance that as an artist as a performer. Yeah, and, and, and kind of being a role model uh, You know in
2: a teaching position. It's so scary I am always afraid of you know, I'm not risk. I'm not risque. I don't sell sex It's not who I am. I am like I have a song called change a vibe And it's literally like a mantra about you have the power to undo any like like pain and depression and anxiety and frustration that you Are having in your life you have the power to kind of change your own vibe a lot of it is that so I'm always aware that children are watching, which Mm -hmm. also is no different than any other artist in the world. You know what I mean? Like, and what is so crazy to me in the conundrum that it has put me in is like, for some reason, because I'm in that position, because I have actively put myself in the position to be in front of kids, it means that for some reason, my life is perpetually in that lens. More under scrutiny. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it's like, and I personally feel also like if you want to have my life, pay me for my life. I mean, I should be making $3 million a year if that's what you need for me. Because the artists on the big stages who are influencing those kids, how they talk, how they dress, how they act, what they listen to, who are deeply influencing those kids, no scrutiny to them. They are not put in that same lens. So part of me is like ready to fight it out if it ever comes up. You know, if someone is like, well, How dare you be a teacher because you're gay, (laughs) which has happened online. Like these things happen online all the time to me. You know, it's the word that the modern homophobic person loves to use is you are a groomer, period, because you're gay. That's who you are, that you're grooming the kids, Mm -hmm. which is like live a certain way. I cannot get the kids to sit down and stop talking. How how could I ever I can't even get them to sing a song like you don't even know what's happening inside of schools. So. You know, the connection of these things for me is very tricky, very exciting. And I, I, I am very clear with my students in school. They say, I found your TikTok. And I say to them, we don't talk about social media here. I don't I don't bring that here. Mm-hmm. I would never look yours up. That's very uh, inappropriate. So let's not talk about that here. And all my things are public, you know? Yeah, sure. And maybe I cuss a little bit, but like, so do their parents. I know that they're at home while their mom and dad are drinking wine, being so Like, kids are around Yelling adult. Yelling at each other. Yes. <laughs> they're around adult behavior. It's not like they mm-hmm. uh, there's just this giant world in which kids only exist here and adults only exist here. But schools are the only place where those worlds really interact mm-hmm. uh, constantly, constantly, constantly. So, you know, I, I just try to keep them a bit separate, but it's also so incredibly exciting because working in that world, it is just a micro versus macro version of the rest of the world. Like I f- I jokingly posted this on my TikTok the other day. I was like, I'm a politician, like I work with a community of people who just come from around the community here. They have to be here. I make sure that everyone feels good, represented and seen. I make safe spaces for us to all participate in doing community together. Like, tell me how that's any different than like your local governor. It's just on a macro level, right? And so I, I I try very hard in any aspect of of life to see that micro macro, and like working with kids allows me to be a better host at events when I am on a microphone and I am in a, a room full of people and I have to intake their emotions and keep the room safe and Being exciting, inclusive. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, like like deeply that, mm-hmm. and I think that like. Also, the, the better answer to that is as as humans, we are able to have different aspects of our lives. Sure. Right. And I I hate and, and I'm waiting for the day of being attacked for being LGBTQ and open and honest about my life and all of my experiences and also being a teacher. But I keep them fully separate other than in my head. You know, like mm-hmm. I am a teacher. I am a queer artist. I am all these things and they do interact for me, but they don't interact in life like. I'm not bringing kids to the warehouse parties and I'm not bringing drag queens into my classrooms yet. Yeah, maybe <laughs>
1: <You> know, <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> to, to that point. I mean, it shouldn't even really be an interesting question. You know, like, yes, yes. You know, like I can go to work. I can go home and do whatever I do at home. You know, like it, it doesn't doesn't mean it interacts. But right. It, I think because it's such a, a topic, you know, right now in the media and you know all the like book bannings and things yes. that are going on, you know, it, people are like so sensitive, hypersensitive to that stuff. Right. Yes.
2: Now. Mm-hmm. And and like I, I made a joke the other day in class and one of my teachers like almost like corrected me because I told the kids like I joke with the kids all the time. I'll be like, that was really bad. Like, I'll be honest with my kids and they'll giggle. You know, they know like we're working. But I have these little instruments and they have stickers on them. And I was like, if you peel that sticker off, I'm sending you to jail. And my other teacher was like, you can't say that now. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, they, they're jail. not going to go to jail. Like, what are you talking about? And she was <laughs> like, I'm going to get calls from their parents like. Nowadays kids go home and tell their parents everything and then the parents when we were kids my parents would be like stop being mean to your teacher yeah <laughs> now nowadays with with this like you know self protection and like owning who you are and like being individual and all this like parents are like well if you felt that way then your teacher probably did do something wrong and it's like the eggshells that we are crawling over to make sure we don't say the wrong thing or be the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and in the meantime, receiving that energy, zero of that energy back. Everyone oh, feels a, free to tell a thankless
1: us. Position, hundred <laughs> percent.
2: Yes, and it is a scrutinizing position too. Kids tell us what we should do. Other teachers tell us what we should do. The principals, the staff, the organization, the parents, everyone. The entire world is telling educators how to be educators. But you know who's in the classroom? Us and the kids. Mm-hmm. No one else. So it's like I, I don't know where everyone got all these opinions, because no one's coming to the schools and you can parents can come into class and sit and shadow the whole day and see what's happening I wish more parents but would but they don't they, don't. No. they just sit No. And- because they have to work money 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 right That's- <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I mean I know for myself I know how important some of the mentors I've had you know in my life have been and I know Marcus for you too Like you yeah. talked about in school and stuff some of the people who really inspired you or maybe they were hard on us at the time but like going yeah. back now like you're so grateful to have them in your life and I mean, that's I guess that's kind of the reason you do it, right? That, yeah. You know, is to, you know for the for the kids. Yeah. You know to have that moment where they look back and like, yeah, that teacher was like right. the one who got me inspired. And,
2: and I, I hated school, man. I yeah. my very first day of preschool as a child, right? Who goes to preschool? I guess my mom woke me up the next day and was like, Jay, what are you doing? Get up, like it's time for school. And I I looked her in the eyes. I was like, school? I already did that. I was like, I'm done with school. <laughs> I thought it was one and done, and I am like still in school, and I. I hate schools but growing up I did not see people like me often I did have queer educators and, and you know people who are LGBTQ in my life very much but in 90s and early 2000 like you could not be proud in that way and the conversations happening online politically are that you know kids shouldn't be exposed to things that are queer kids should not be exposed to this but it's like where do you think gay adults come from just poof, when they turn 18, it's like that's when it happens. No, there are queer children who, queerness is not always sexuality, right? It's identity, it's it's how you feel about the world, about life, how you relate with things and how you see yourself and others. So it's like I dress like this, I act like this, I put my music about gay love online in music videos where I'm wearing dresses and makeup because I know that even if kids are watching, what I'm doing is not wrong mm-hmm. it's not bad it's authentic mm-hmm. expression yeah
1: yeah i mean queer not queer i mean kids in general are like just trying to find themselves yeah so that's like a very normal thing to go through a normal process i mean so much of art and what we do is about expressing that journey yes i mean it, it all <laughs> falls into place it's not
2: so yes and and i love that you say this too because it is so true queer not queer i'm always like hyper fixated on this just because i enjoy it mm-hmm. But it is it is also just universal. Like all of the troubles, all of the woes, all of the things we love to other each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they, well, they, well, I and them. And it's it's yeah, grouping into us. Yeah. Period. It is us. Like we are all going through this.
1: It's a human experience. Yeah.
0: So I had this uh this music teacher, my elementary school teacher, and she was she like believed in me like a lot. Like I was always like in fourth grade in the, the front row playing the recorder. I yes. had a little solo. <laughs> um, and she just, she knew that I was like interested in music, like at a young age, went through, went through middle school, got, um, you know, got the saxophone rolling, got first chair. I was always taking my horn home and like practicing and I get to high school and I have to, play for this festival i don't have to but i wanted to play in this festival and it was kind of like a a competition and you had to find uh an accompanist um and i i reached back to my elementary school teacher to to play for me and she played piano uh for me and like she came through and yeah, she just had such like a big like impact on my life. And like when I hear your stories and you like sharing with your, um, your students and stuff, like I, w- I wonder if like you had somebody or if you didn't, like what inspires you to like influence your kids so much?
2: I think for me in a world where there is so much highlighting of, of like pain and otherness and like whose fault is what and, and everyone's being put in a box to make more sense of them for others. Like, I find that my experience of peace and excitement and togetherness has always been through music. Like singing with a group of people. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. I care what you sound like, I guess. But, you know, only as much as your role in this S.A.T.B. soprano alto Center bass, you know, choir interacts with my role and I get to stand on stage with you, breathe with you, be next to you, literally vibrate and feel your vibrations it is like other than it is is more magical than anything else it's we can talk about things you know until we're blue in the face but there aren't words for some things in life when you sing about things when you play an instrument about things from someone who is 700 years ago 200 years ago long gone and dead but the feeling is still applicable to you there that to me just creates more unity than anything else in the world. And I believe that it also creates this opportunity to highlight that, how how our difference makes us together. And so I find it my duty in life as a musician to make sure that there is another generation of people who feel that, who can grow up and make art that isn't just for money, make art that is designed to bring people together to show love, to show togetherness, to celebrate our difference and our ability to be different in the same space and do one thing together. So, it is community to me like good music is is a micro macro depiction of what amazing peace and community could look like. Yeah. So that's what keeps me in it for the kids like trying to give that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks.
1: I mean I I can think back to you know, my kind of introduction to music too, as a kid, I mean, my family was very musical in the house, but um, I grew up in a small town. I think anyone that I grew up with, you know, everyone was kind of friends in our school. It was a small group, but anyone who got introduced to music or still does things in music, you know, it all kind of goes back to our, our elementary school, you know, music teacher. Yeah. And um, like, we all played recorder, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like you do in like the class, but <laughs> he went out of his way to create this like uh, after school like jazz program. So where, you know, he brought all his own instruments and, you know, for kids who wanted to come and play. And, you know, we were like third, fourth grade and we would come and do this like after school jazz thing. And, you know, we we get to go. We got booked at like festivals that don't normally like, accommodate <laughs> like <laughs> elementary school kids like to have that experience to it's go so play cool. music. Like he really went out of his way to like, you know, make it a thing yeah. for the people who were interested. And I think that stuck with so many of us.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. And it, and it is like music in general is just such a great place to talk about life and things because whether it be like you know african-american history or like latinx culture things like there is music that is that comes directly from it that you can like without taking a stance or or putting your own personal impressions on it you can show that to kids and people and talk about things like that right and in such a non um it's like a universal language (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's like the best way to say it and Mm -hmm it is just so true it really is so what are you working on recently yeah. so lol i just put out this song called star spangled banter which is like my like fu to politicians because i don't know about you guys but like i'm just i'm just overwhelmed with the news with what's happening in like it's a lot it's so much and there's so much pain and anger and frustration from these like levels of power And I was like, what do I do? I'm not a politician. I am just a little gay artist. Like, what can I do to participate in what's happening in the world around me? Yeah. And and I was like, well, make a song. So actually, I wrote this song when Trump first got elected because I was having big feelings and I didn't know what to do with them. So I wrote this this conversational piece of music. And then this year, I just felt that I really needed to put it out because 2024 is an election year. Right. And we're approaching some some heavy heavy things that like we as a community need to kind of put together so i put it out on 9-11 partly to be topical and partly because that was like a day as my youth when i was like oh the government kind of sucks like what's going on this is crazy like i did not know we could be hurt in this way as a young person so that song just came out, but it's also like, as I am, it's like very kind of jolly and jovial with like deep undertones yeah. of like real deep conversations. But the point is to like giggle and enjoy it and then listen to it. Like, I always kind of hope that people pull in and listen to something a second time because I design it to be that way. But I just put that out, Star Spangled Banter. Um, I have this song that I have been waiting to release for a very long time because it is precious to me um, that i think i'm going to put out next month i'm going to be performing a showcase um mostly working working inside community with queer moment if you follow us on instagram or anything we work with tons of events and you'll often find me performing there hosting there um but i don't like to post a lot like I don't like to participate too much in social media and things. I try I'm playing the game. Y'all, I enjoy it when I can. But if you follow me and like check a story, I'm always like, oops, I'm doing this next week. Please come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it, kind it's, of that. it's hard to, to
1: balance that uh, social media life, you know, with your personal and your work. And yes, you know, when you're doing it for work, like you don't really have the energy or the time there where you're like, oh, yes, I keep doing it for myself.
2: Yeah. But, but uh, the big thing for me, I, that song, go stream it, go listen to it. And like, I, I put a mantra in the end of this song to like remind people like as we go into the voting year and it's like I don't serve the government, they serve me.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then,
2: you know, it's like it's about time that we defund the police. And you don't have to agree with me, you know, but I I believe in defunding and reallocating funds. And then freedom isn't free, we demand it in the streets and we gonna fight for everyone till everybody eats. And like I believe in this, I put it in the song to get stuck in people's heads to remind them like you don't serve a people you are the people being served you know and like isn't it crazy that people don't eat every day when yeah well, uh-huh. even just
1: not to go on a tangent but just yeah. jump on the the defund the police thing so so many people just hear that and they're like so they're just not going to pay the cops we're not gonna have <laughs> cops but that's has nothing to do with what it's about you know it's right it's about you know stopping to pay for extra programs that aren't really existing or you know right aren't aren't having any effect you know like to allocate that money to other other organizations other other projects that are you know trying to actually have a impact
2: yes like teachers if you had kids who were educated and felt good about where they were in life and how to do things you might have less crime like this is proven you know it's like how about we defund we don't need tanks and helicopters everywhere in la how about we give some of those money to the teachers (laughs) (laughs) anyway clearly i'm very biased but
1: (laughs) all right jay so you have a clip for us today what are we what are we gonna hear
2: yeah so i'm gonna play you guys a little bit of uh my newest single star spangled banter i'm gonna just start it at the beginning we'll go to the first chorus yo <laughs> hey let me say some shit. i ain't waiting on this i got too much to miss i got all y'all to diss. so don't with your life you mean and not nice you ugly and rude you smell like old food. Listen, I don't want to be a part of nothing that you're doing because the only thing you're doing is boring. I don't think it's funny to be sleeping on everything. All the time I hear you just snoring. You can catch me in the morning. I got folks getting paid for me. I don't do shit I don't want to do. I'ma live life like I want to, boo. I got too much going to be turning around and slowing down for you to catch up. Hurry. i am across the finish line of motherfucking record time. So if you trip, I won't worry. I'ma say just what I want to you. If you ain't liking that, shut up, dude. 2023 about speaking truth. Sorry in advance if it come off road.
0: yeah i love the awesome. <laughs> that drive awesome. that
2: punch within the <laughs> piano
0: so like playful over yes top. yeah
2: I, I i love that like i'm i'm very dichotomous i am like a gemini i'm bipolar i'm like highs and lows in life all the time so i just embrace it and try and put it in my music a lot yeah too. it's there <laughs> yes well, where yeah. can everybody find your music um on spotify i am Jay Long, j-a-y-l-o-n-g and it's it's everywhere I'm on Tidal, Spotify, iTunes, um, any streaming platform you can find music. I'm there. And I just go by J-A-Y-L-O-N-G to keep it simple. But, you know, I, I don't have tons of followers, so y- you might have to search a specific song. Search Star Spangled Banter. Mm-hmm. I should have called it Star Spangled Banger. But <laughs> anyway. And your uh, your socials, your handles? Yeah, I, I go by Jay Long official. I put the official because they wouldn't officiate me. in my early days so I'm on TikTok I'm on Instagram I have a YouTube account I don't post a ton on YouTube but I'm going to be releasing a lot of the shows that I've been doing in the past um, on YouTube in the next few months but it's all J-A-Y L-O-N-G and then official on the end if you can't find me right awesome jay thank
1: you for thank you for coming out thank you for sharing your journey with us on the podcast we appreciate it
2: i appreciate you guys thank you so much for doing this for having me please keep it going i can't wait to watch and listen to more